Welcome to my IELTS classroom, the podcast where two English experts talk all things IELTS. I'm Shelley Cornick. And I'm Nick Long. And today we are talking about multiple, multiple choice questions in the listening exam. What are the basic facts about multiple, multiple choice questions? What are the two steps you need to follow in order to find the answers? And how do these questions differ in part three than part two? Good morning, Nick. Good morning. How are you? I'm all right. I've had a nice uh, weekend away, getting ready for another one coming up. <laughs> it is the holiday season. Mm-hmm. I had a visitor this weekend. Guess who came to visit me? I don't know. Who was it? A bat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up on Saturday morning, mm-hmm. walked into my living room, and mm-hmm. there was a bat hanging in, from the roof. In the house? In the house, in the living room. Wow. Just sat there saying, go on, switch on the telly, make me a cup of tea. How did it get in? Open window? <laughs> well, we had an extremely hot Friday. Mm. No, Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'd had not all of the windows open in my house, sadly. So I'd had the kitchen window open and my bedroom window open. I am hoping it flew in through the kitchen window because it makes me feel a bit afraid that it flew over my head. Yeah. <laughs> but that was not that was not Friday. They were open on Thursday, so it must have been in the house. Oh yeah. For like 36 hours. Oh. And because I live in like an old kind of Victorian building, mm-hmm. the ceilings are really high. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I kept calling I was calling everybody like I've got a bat, how do I get rid of it? And <laughs> I, I got through to the bat association and they just kept saying to me, you need to try to contain it. Oh, and I was dear. like, wait a minute, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, you've got to put it in a box. Oh God. And I said to the woman, listen, I don't have a ladder. I can't reach it. So I can't reach it. Mm. Um, I don't have a shoe box or an ice cream tub to put it in. Mm. And quite honestly, I don't have the courage mm-hmm. to put on a bat. Cause she was saying to me, you need to put on these gloves. The funniest thing was, she said, I needed to put on a mask. I said, what, was that to protect me from disease? She said, no, it's to protect the bat from COVID. Oh, God. (laughs) So anyway, Uh. in the end, I found a phone number of this local bat charity. Mm. And a lovely man called James drove an hour from Skegness Mm. with his ladder Mm -hmm. and his ice cream tub and rescued the bat. And to be honest, Mm. what had been the worst thing I possibly thought could happen on a Saturday morning. (laughs) Became the best thing because he spent an hour telling me bat facts. He fed (laughs) the bat in front of me, Mm. puppy milk. Mm. So I was watching the little bat feeding. He spread out his wings to show me like how big he was. Wow. So yeah, so that was interesting. Was it really really big or not? It was, I think his wingspan, I think it was about five or six centimetres each. He only weighed about five grams. Small one, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. But what really made me laugh was, Mm. he said, I've never seen this type of bat before. It's Mm. called a barbastrel or something. Mm. Guess where they're from, Nick? I don't know. Where are they? Latvia. Are they really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Stop laughing. I was like, my mate Nick, who I work with living in Latvia, maybe he sent the bat as a message. <laughs> so anyway, he's <laughs> not sure why it was on English shores. But anyway, a Latvian bat ended up in my living room. Very terrifying, I would say. It's, well, you know, it it's funny. Terrifying. My parents have, have had bats in their, in the loft for years. Really? Yeah. And because I, when I was younger, I used to be able to hear them because, you know, they have the high pitched, like sonar voice thing, don't they? Yeah. Um, so at night, if I opened my window, I could hear them flying around and chatting. 
Um, wow. But as you get older, you can't hear that frequency anymore. So I've not heard, oh. so I've not heard it for, or at least I don't think you can because I've not heard it for a long time. But yeah, it was loads of bats where, where, when I was young. I used to hear them almost every night in the summer. Well, I have to say, since um, James mm. took it down and mm-hmm. told me all of his bat facts, mm. I actually, if we had another one, might try and do it myself because I saw that there's nothing to really be afraid mm. of. Mm-hmm. And they are more closely related to dolphins, Nick, because of that echolocation. Really? Yeah, and humans than they are to rodents wow. or anything because they're mammals. So, so when people call them uh, rats, night rats or rats of the sky, it's not really right, yeah? Bad, bad... Uh, marketing mm, yes mm. they are not like that so that was uh my uh <laughs> what a batty story <laughs> um right well today we are doing listening you know not echolocation mm. but we mm. are doing listening of some sort before we start though i just want to mention i woke up this morning nick mm-hmm. and had two emails from two uh students who've been working with us for a couple of months mm-hmm. and they have i would say absolutely opposite needs right mm. we had Dan Raja in Australia, Mm -hmm. who wants to become a registered teacher in Australia. Mm -hmm. And so to do that, he needed eight for listening. Mm -hmm. Okay, not too bad. Eight for speaking. Yep. Tricky. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think a seven for writing. And I think also maybe an eight for reading as Mm. well. He came to us. He only had a 6.5 last time he sat the speaking exam. So it's quite a big uplift Mm -hmm. to an eight. He did it. Well done. Very nice. So I'm so proud of him. Mm-hmm. Plus, on the other end of the spectrum, we've got mm-hmm. Winston. Mm-hmm. You know Winston. I know Winston. Who is in Canada. Mm-hmm. I think he needed a 6.5. So that He needed a 6, if I remember correctly. A 6. Only that's a 6, right. yeah. He only needed a 6 so that he could stay in mm-hmm. Canada. Mm-hmm. And I think when he came to us, he was probably high pre-intermediate, low <laughs> intermediate. He was, well, if we're talking about speaking, I would have probably said he was around a 5, 5.5 for speaking when he first started yeah. in our uh, live lessons. I would say definitely. Mm-hmm. So he's come through. He's got a 7 overall. For speaking? Well, overall. Oh, overall. Sorry. Okay. He's ab- mm-hmm. But he's absolutely caned it. He's got mm. a 8 for reading, mm-hmm. a 6 for speaking which i think for him was it's good that's what that was what his target was yeah was his yeah. target was he's mm-hmm. got a 6.5 for writing wow and he started big at improvement. A five 5.5 big 5. improvement massive mm-hmm. improvement and i think he got a seven for listening mm-hmm. so i sometimes think we focus too much on the students who need the really 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 high scores mm-hmm. right there are whatever your target score is like there i would put both those scores are very different they are but i would say that they those students have performed equally as well. Like they have in their own capacity, absolutely hit it out of the park. Mm -hmm. So just want to say congratulations, Winston, especially. Yes, Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of my students. So well done. And they obviously said, please tell Nick, thank Mm -hmm. you because you were a part of everything as well Mm -hmm. as me. So I just wanted to do that before we started. Let's get on then. We are looking today at multiple, multiple choice. Mm. Do you know what I thought we'd start with Nick? We haven't done this for a while. Some multiple, multiple choice facts. Ooh. So, you need to get the funky music in the background. You can, need to put the music in the background. <laughs> you need to put your best voice on. Mm. And Nick will now read you the basic facts about multiple, multiple choice questions. Okay, so multiple, multiple choice questions in the listening exam. Um, you will be given a multiple choice question, but rather than being asked to choose one answer, your job 
will be to select two or three of the answers. And if you are asked to select two, you will have five options to choose from. But if you're asked to select three answers, you'll be given seven options to choose from. Like regular multiple choice questions, you will often hear all of the options discussed. And also like the multiple choice questions, you will not hear the items discussed in the same order as they are given to you on the paper. So you might hear option E, for example, discussed first, then option B, then option C, and so on. And also, just like multiple choice questions, you will very, very most likely hear paraphrasing and synonyms for the options. You will not hear them as they are actually written in the paper. But it does not matter which order you write your answers on the answer sheet. So if you're answering questions 19 and 20, and you think the correct answers are A and B, you can write A for 19 and B for 20, or you can write B for 19 and A for 20, but you must never write more than one answer in one box. Beautiful. Thank you, Nick. I've missed that. (laughs) Um, So those are the basics for multiple, multiple choice. Um, Like always, what we're going to do now for the rest of the lesson is help build your skills Mm. so that you will be able to answer these questions confidently and comfortably or if you can't you will know at least what your problem is the mm-hmm. exact area that you find difficult mm-hmm. so why don't we start then so whenever i teach multiple multiple choice the first skill i like to sort of show to students is this simple fact mm-hmm. that you are going to hear all of the options discussed so mm-hmm. you know if we're choosing two correct answers and there are five options don't expect to only hear two of the things discussed. You're going to hear them all. Your job is to identify the two answers. Now, I know that sounds silly, but I think what a lot of students forget is that there is often in the STEM, so, you know, the the first bit before you see the five options, the actual question, there is very often an important word in that question Mm -hmm. which signals what you should focus on while you're listening. So let's just give a a quick example, right? So we're going to start with a question. It's Mm -hmm. from a part two. Um, It's actually from Cambridge 16. And this question says, which two optional after school lessons are new? Mm -hmm. So in that question, Nick, what is the one word you probably want to really focus on as you're listening? What is the, I'm going to say the key word Mm. in that question. I'm going to guess it's new here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's so, you know, obviously we're going to be listening for optional after school lessons. That's clear. But as Nick said, the key important word Mm -hmm. in that sentence is new. Why is that important? Once you read that, Mm -hmm. I haven't listened to this. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have. What do you think we'll expect to hear in this discussion? Well, I expect that we'll obviously hear all five of these options. Swimming, piano, acting, cycling, and then theatre, sound and lighting. And we're going to have to listen very carefully to the context of what's being said. Maybe they'll say, for example, that a couple of these we've been running for two or three years now, and they'll give piano and cycling for example, and then they might say, "What?" but for this semester, we are introducing yes. a couple of new after-school activities. The first one, blah, 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 and they'll mention the two 
That, well, that would be my guess as how this absolutely. is going to work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would expect them to use words which signify mm-hmm. this has already been run in the past. Mm-hmm. So it might be, like you said, words like, you know, last term, mm-hmm. this was popular, it's continuing. Mm-hmm. I would expect definitely for anything new, maybe a phrase like, like you said, like we're introducing mm-hmm. or we're adding to the timetable. Some of them as well... The other thing that I think students forget is that some of them you will definitely be told this is old, Mm -hmm. so you can um, eliminate that option. Yes. Some of them you may not actually know Mm -hmm. if it's new or or it's old. Mm -hmm. Some of them can be kind of, if we think about it in terms of reading, not given. Mm -hmm. But what you want to be focusing on to identify the two correct answers is some language that clearly signals... These are new. These are new. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I've chosen this one mm. because, as you've just said, the five options that we have got, they're just single words. Yeah. So that means we're probably not going to have any synonyms here or paraphrase. Probably not going to have any synonyms. Exactly. But I just want us to focus on this first basic skill. So the mm-hmm. first basic skill is identifying when they're actually discussing one of the lessons. Mm -hmm. So, because remember, it's not going to start with A, swimming. It Mm -hmm. might start with E, theatre, sound and lighting. So I want you just to be able to follow and identify which option they're discussing. And then I want you, for each of these options, to write down the words that signified if it was new or if it was old or even just put a question mark because it was not given. So that's what I want us to do. So we're not just finding the answers. When we're training, we want to be teaching ourselves good practice, right? Mm -hmm. So for these questions, the good practice is not just saying, oh, these were the two answers. It's making a note of what told you the other answers were not correct, because that's what you should be doing in your head as you're listening. So I will obviously put these questions on the blog post page. Um, for this lesson. So blog.myieltsclassroom.com. If you can't go there and you've got a pen and paper, um, Nick, can you just read the five options again and then people can write them down okay. if, if they're not able to get to the blog? So the first option, our after school lesson option is swimming. Um, B is piano. C is acting. D is cycling. And the last one, E, is theatre sound and lighting, as you said. Okay, brilliant. So we're going to listen, just identify which one they're talking about and write down for me the words that told you if something was new or not new. Part two. You will hear a head teacher talking to parents of pupils about changes at the school. Okay, that's all on the new food hall. Now, after school lessons. These are very popular with pupils particularly swimming. In fact, there's a waiting list for lessons. Cycling is another favourite, and I'm delighted that dozens of pupils make use of the chance to learn to ride in off-road conditions. It means that more and more cycle to and from school every day. As you know, we have a well-equipped performance centre, and we're going to start drama classes in there too. Pupils will be able to join in just for fun or work up to taking part in a play. We hope to put on at least one a year. We already teach a number of pupils to use the sound and lighting systems in the centre. 
and a former pupil has given a magnificent grand piano to the school, so a few pupils will be able to learn at the school instead of going to the local college, as many of them do at the moment. Okay, so the reason I've chosen this one is it's a really good, clear example of how every option is discussed because we heard all of these after-school lessons mm -hmm. discussed. Um, let's go through in order. The first one actually was A. It was swimming. Um, did she say that swimming was new? Nope. Um, she said these are very popular, particularly swimming. In fact, there's a waiting list for lessons, which means it's or it already exists and people are already doing it. So it's not new. So it's not new because there's mm -hmm. always a waiting list. But, mm -hmm. you know, if you're not sure, there is absolutely nothing there that signals new. So mm -hmm. you could sort of just say it's not given. Mm -hmm. um, the next one was cycling. So that mm -hmm. was the option D. So remember, we're jumping between options. Mm -hmm. Was that something new or is that something? Yeah. Um, again, this one, um, cycling is another favorite, which means it's already exists. It's not new. Mm. Uh -huh. Exactly. Um, so... The first two options then we can eliminate. Mm -hmm. Next, she spoke about drama classes. Is mm -hmm. that something new? It is, because she said we are going to start drama classes in there too. Yes, we're mm -hmm. going to start them. That's the signal that something is new. Mm -hmm. And also, following that, she then kept using the future tense, right? She did. Mm -hmm. Pupils will be able to join so that sort of using the future there is reinforcing that this is something new, mm -hmm. not something, you know, if it's something regular, we use the present simple. We do. Um, sound and lighting mm -hmm. in the theatre. That was the next one she discussed. Mm -hmm. She said we was already teach a number of pupils to use the sound and lighting systems in the centre. So already teach. It's yeah. not new. Mm -hmm. Definitely not new. So that would mean in the exam, you'd have one option left, <laughs> the piano. Yeah. And you're just going to hope... Please mm -hmm. tell me piano is new. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, because I think it said here, uh, a former pupil has given. Mm -hmm. That's pretty tricky, but the present perfect is signaling something has recently happened, mm -hmm. right? And again, she then uses the future. So a yeah. few pupils will be able to learn this here instead of going to the local college, mm -hmm. as many of them do at the moment. Mm -hmm. So this is what happens at the moment, but things are going to change. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not always 100% clear. I don't think it's a simple one. Not a simple one. I was a little bit confused by the end. I yeah. wasn't sure if piano was new or not. But then, because of the process of elimination, it was the only available answer, really. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, that's why it's really important. As you are listening, you mm -hmm. are able to identify which item is being discussed. Mm -hmm. And then... That's the step one. Mm -hmm. And then step two is, is this one matching the question? So for this question, it's, is it new or is it not new? Mm -hmm. Now, obviously here, it's very easy to identify which option is being discussed mm -hmm. because the options were just single words yep. and those single words are given to us. However, acting was... Uh was paraphrased as drama, wasn't it? Drama classes. Oh, it was actually. So yeah. there was one little, mm -hmm. one little small paraphrase. Mm -hmm. But I would say that for um, more difficult questions, mm -hmm. what we're given is not a single word, mm -hmm. but what we're given is a short phrase. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there's almost an extra step Yes. In the way we answer it, because mm -hmm. what the first thing you're going to have to do, you know, then when you heard cycling, piano, you knew immediately which option was being discussed. Mm -hmm. When you've got a phrase, you're going to have to be listening and think, 
oh, this is a paraphrase for phrase B. Mm-hmm. I've recognized that paraphrase. Now I need to check that this is the answer right. or not the answer. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do another one of these questions again from part two. Let's start by just talking what is the, what's the important word in this question, Nick? Okay. So it says, according to Megan, what are the two main advantages of working in the agriculture and horticulture sectors? So I guess the advantages then, for sure. It's going to be advantages. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to listen to her talking about lots of elements of working in agriculture. Mm-hmm. But we need to understand what are the two main advantages. Mm-hmm. So probably advantages for everybody or really significant advantages. Mm-hmm. So before we listen this time, now obviously we can't do this in the test, but I just want to help the students and support them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's have a look at the five options. Yeah. And let's just try and predict paraphrases that mm-hmm. we might hear for these options. So option A, one of the main advantages might be the active lifestyle so what could we hear that would i that will signify that they're discussing active lifestyle um well i guess you know working outside manual labor mm-hmm. you're going to be using your hands you get a chance to move around you know you're not sitting in one place so there are lots of ways they could talk about this i guess brilliant yeah i think all of those are fantastic particularly because mm-hmm. it's agriculture so it might mm-hmm. be as you said out in the fields mm-hmm. working with your hands okay the above average salaries. Above average salaries would probably be something like um, it pays more than other jobs of yeah. similar qualifications or something like that. Yeah, you're paid more than other people, maybe mm-hmm. your age or other people in yeah. similar jobs mm-hmm. or something like that. But definitely we'd probably be listening for the word pay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I would say, okay, the flexible working opportunities. So I'm guessing this one is going to be about the hours that you work, maybe that you can choose when you work. Maybe we'll hear the word flexi time. Yeah. Um, It could also be, I was thinking for agriculture, it could also be season. Seasonal. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can work in the summer, but then rest in the winter or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, the opportunities for overseas travel. That's option D. So opportunities for overseas travel, chance to go abroad. Yeah, that's what I think. Something like that. Chance to visit other countries, Mm -hmm. something like that. And then E, the chance to be in a natural environment. To be outside, to be... uh, Fresh air. uh, Fresh air among nature. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Mm -hmm. So this question then, as you can see, is obviously going to be more difficult because as they're talking, you need to understand which of the five options they're discussing. And then once you've located it, you're like, okay, they're talking about pay. This is option B. Then you need to do the next step, which is what we did last time. Mm -hmm. Is she telling us this is one of the main advantages? So for advantages, you might hear a word like, I don't know, benefit positive Mm -hmm. thing that or you know she might say a phrase like thing which most people like most about Mm -hmm. the job or Mm -hmm. something like that so as you're listening this time you know you you can listen more than once as we're building our skills see if you can write down or remember the phrases you hear as the paraphrases and then write down what told you if it was a main advantage or not a main advantage that might be quite difficult to write all of this in one go, but that's what you should be doing in your head 
as you listen. So again, you can see the options on our website if you want to write them down. A is the active lifestyle. B is the above average salaries. C is the flexible working opportunities. D is the opportunities for overseas travel. And E, the chance to be in a natural environment. Okay, Nick, you ready? I'm ready. Let's, let's play. Part two. You will hear a recruitment officer called Megan Baker giving a talk at a jobs fair about opportunities for those interested in the food and agriculture sectors. Hello, everyone. My name's Megan Baker, and I'm a recruitment consultant at AVT Recruitment Specialists. Now, our company specialises in positions that involve working in the agriculture and horticulture sectors. So that's fresh food production, garden and park maintenance, and so on. And these sectors do provide some very special career opportunities. For a start, they often offer opportunities for those who don't want to be stuck with a 40-hour week, but need to juggle work with other responsibilities, such as childcare. And this is very important for many of our recruits. Some people like working in a rural setting, surrounded by plants and trees instead of buildings, although we can't guarantee that. But there are certainly health benefits, especially in jobs where you're not sitting all day looking at a screen. A big plus for many people. Salaries can sometimes be good too, although there's a lot of variety here. And you may have the opportunity in some types of jobs for travel overseas, although that obviously depends on the job and not everyone is keen to do it. All right. So I think we can all agree that it's much more difficult when you've got a phrase Mm -hmm. or it's putting a lot more stress on your listening. So let's go through the options as we heard them. So Mm -hmm. the first one I think we heard was C, Mm -hmm. flexible working opportunities. They didn't say flexible working opportunities though. What was the paraphrase, Nick? She said opportunities for those who don't want to be stuck with a 40 hour week. Which is what you pretty much predicted, Mm -hmm. I think. So... That, as soon as you heard opportunities, if you don't want to be stuck, Mm -hmm. that should have said, okay, we're discussing C. And Mm -hmm. then the next thing would be, does she highlight this as a main advantage? Mm -hmm. I think she does, right? She did. Yes, she did. This is very important for many of our recruits. Yes. Mm -hmm. So people, a lot of people want to juggle work and responsibilities. And Mm -hmm. this is very important. So really those words, Mm -hmm. this is very important, are the most important words because they tell us that this is the answer. Mm Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Okay. Next was natural environment. She didn't Mm -hmm. say that. What did she say instead? She said some people like working in a rural setting surrounded by plants and trees instead of buildings. Yes. (laughs) Which is again what you kind of guessed. Mm. Did she say this was a main advantage? No, because she said that they can't guarantee that you'll be working in that kind of environment. Yeah, so I felt like for these questions, when they weren't the answers, they were basically saying, this is possible, but not everybody. not for everybody, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think when it was an answer, it was like, this is for most people or everybody. Mm -hmm. All right, then we had, I think, the active lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Now, what was the paraphrase for an active lifestyle? She said, not sitting all day looking at the screen. Almost what you said again, didn't you? Mm. Not stuck behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And here, what was this the answer? It was one of the answers because she said there are certainly health benefits. 
perfect. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, if you're a really strong listener like Nick and I, at this point, you can stop listening. (laughs) I mean, don't really do that. Relax for a bit. (laughs) Relax for a few minutes while she keeps discussing the other options. Mm -hmm. But it's always good just to keep listening, just to double check. Mm Because you might get a nasty surprise if you find out, you know, you might have made a mistake, basically. So the next one she spoke about was above average salaries. Mm -hmm. I mean, there wasn't a huge paraphrase here, was there? Um, She said the salaries sometimes can be good. So she actually used the word salary. So that Mm -hmm. was a bit of an easier option. Mm -hmm. Was that always a main advantage? No, because, well, she said sometimes as well. And then afterwards she said, although there is variety. Right. So So not not for for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last one she discussed was overseas travel. Mm -hmm. And she did say travel overseas, right? So there may be, she even said opportunity, yeah, Mm -hmm. for travel overseas. Mm -hmm. But. Was that one of the answers? No, and again, she used a bit of distance in here because she said you may have the opportunity in some types of jobs for travel overseas, although that depends on the job and not everyone is keen to do it. Yeah. So So I think, mm -hmm. you know, the key for this one, I think, was understanding that when they said two main advantages, Mm -hmm. that really translates to advantages for most people, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But this now is... I think a, a, a better example of what you're going to be expected to do for the more difficult questions. Yeah. So it is not just a single word. It's a, fra- a phrase. And your first step to answering the questions now is recognizing when an option is being discussed and then listening for the answer. Mm-hmm. So I think what we'll do, we'll do this, this particular speaker now continues and there's a second okay. um, question like this. It's not, about the advantages guess what it's about Nick the disadvantages (laughs) (laughs) yes so the question now is which two of the following are likely to be disadvantages Mm -hmm. for people working outdoors so we'll do the same thing but this time Nick and I will not like brainstorm for paraphrases I want you to see if you can recognize the paraphrasing on your own Mm -hmm. so um, Nick can you read the five options for us yes so again the question which two of the following are likely to be disadvantages for people working outdoors. A, the increase in risk of accidents. B, being in a very quiet location. C, difficult weather conditions at times. D, the cost of housing. And E, the level of physical fitness required. Definitely not for me then. Well, I was going to say, they all look like pretty serious disadvantages to me. Mm-hmm. But we're listening for the... Two are likely to be disadvantages. Mm -hmm. So again, they'll probably all are negatives, but we're listening for the things which are negatives for most people. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's play and let's see if we can identify these ones. Again, write down the words which told you this was the answer or this was not the answer. Of course, working outdoors does have its challenges. It's fine in summer, but can be extremely unpleasant when it's cold and windy. You may need to be pretty fit for some jobs, though with modern technology, that's not as important as it once was. And standards of health and safety are much higher now than they used to be, so there are fewer work-related accidents. But if you like a lively city environment surrounded by lots of people, these jobs are probably not for you. They're often in pretty remote areas. 
and some people worry about finding a suitable place to live. But in our experience, this usually turns out fine. All right. Again, I mean, before we discuss the answers, Nick, how difficult do you think that one was? Um, uh, not too difficult, to be honest. I don't think it is. I think recognising the synonyms was, you know, if, if you've got a good level of listening, if, if you're a person listening to this podcast, I think you should be able to do that fairly easily. And, mm-hmm. and I think it was made quite clear what the answers were. Yes. <laughs> so the first one she discussed mm-hmm. was the difficult weather conditions. Mm-hmm. What, was, what were the key words that told us she was talking about weather? Well, she started by saying it's fine in summer. So my guess would be that, okay, we're going to hear about when it's not summer now. Um, And she didn't, I mean, she just said cold and windy, didn't she? It's unpleasant when it's cold and windy. And, you know, she said it can be extremely unpleasant. So I guess she's saying that, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a disadvantage. She didn't say, although some people like the cold and wind. (laughs) It was just, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's pretty miserable. Yeah. in the, so straight away mm. at the beginning, we've got one of the answers. Mm-hmm. The next one, um, I think, was the level of fitness. Yep. And she said, you need to be pretty fit. But is this an answer, Nick? No, because in the contrast, it's a contrast clause. She said, yep. though, with modern technology, that's not as important as it once was. So it's not really a major disadvantage anymore. Yeah, because well, we'd be all right then, Nick. We could just sit on a tractor. Mm-hmm. Um, now, next was risks of accidents. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean... A little bit well, trickier in terms of paraphrasing here. Standards yeah. of health and safety. And it does, it, it does though, later say... She does use accidents. the words accidents, actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, again, it was a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. I think if you followed it, it was not quite as simple... Is that, I mean, that sounds like a pretty serious disadvantage, but is that an answer? No, because, I mean, she's continuing on from talking about technology not being, oh, sorry, technology being helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said, and standards of health and safety are much higher now than they used to be. Right. So there are are fewer fewer. work-related accidents. Exactly. Um, Then we had option B, Mm -hmm. being in a quiet location. What did she say that um, helps us understand that was the option being discussed? Well, she used the opposite again. If you like a lively city environment surrounded by lots of people, these jobs are probably not for you. So disadvantage, clearly. Yeah, they're often in pretty remote areas. Mm -hmm. And I want to say this use of opposites is one of the tricks they use again and again in these Mm -hmm. multiple, multiple choices. So, you know, as Nick just said, in the question, it said being in a quiet location, but in the answer, it says, if you like a lively environment, it's not for you. So they've Mm -hmm. used quiet and lively, Mm -hmm. but they've used the positive and negative, right? If you like a lively, it's not for you. They do this a lot yes all right so if you've got i don't know they might use the opposites rich poor mm-hmm. cold hot so if the answer is cold they mm-hmm. might say it's not hot mm-hmm. these are simple examples but i would be very very careful of the positive negatives be aware that they use this a lot so if, if you hear noisy that's the opposite of quiet that could be the answer there um and then right at the very end we had Cost of housing. So, mm-hmm. what was the synonym there? Um, w- some people worry about finding a suitable place to live. Yeah, so that was a more difficult synonym. Yeah, and I guess suitable means not expensive. Then, 
I guess, mm-hmm. but who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It's almost not given, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she says, in our experience, it usually turns out fine. Mm-hmm. So that is not a major disadvantage. Yep. So the answers there were just C and B, B. this time. Mm-hmm. Good. So the three examples we've done so far are all from part two. Part two. Mm-hmm. What I want us to do now is to move on and just finish by doing a couple of questions from part three. Mm-hmm. Everything we have already learned today is still true. Okay. <laughs> so don't, don't panic too much. So we're going to do part three. So we're still going to need to listen and identify which option is being discussed because there's going to be some kind of paraphrasing. We're also going to need to identify the important words in mm-hmm. the question. Um, so we know what we're listening for. So, you know, is it advantages? Is it if something's new? But there are some differences. So the first thing is that the language in part three is obviously more difficult. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. We've got a conversation. So because the language is more difficult, you may not actually hear all of the options discussed. Mm-hmm. In part two, almost always, you're yep. going to hear all five. All right. Mm-hmm. But in part three, don't. It can sometimes move, and I think this is the most important difference, the questions can sometimes move much more quickly. Um, So that means you may not hear all of the options discussed. Mm -hmm. More importantly, you're going to have to be able to identify the options more quickly. And that can sometimes be difficult. Um, I'd also say, because the language is more difficult. It can be more difficult to locate the synonyms. That's why you've got to remember the positive and negative trick. Mm -hmm. And because it's part three, what's the main difference, Nick, between part three and part two? More than one person speaking. Yes. And what would, and so therefore you may sometimes for these questions Mm -hmm. be asked to identify like opinions. Opinions, agreement. Things like that. Things like that. Mm -hmm. Now, actually I've chosen two part three questions from book 16 and they don't actually ask us to focus on agreement good <laughs> um, but i do think they are very good examples mm-hmm. of the speed of part three yep. the level of difficulty of the language and mm-hmm. the need to identify the paraphrase very very quickly mm-hmm. so let's have a look so the first set of questions nick why don't you read the first set and we'll identify the keyword okay so this question is which two points does adam make about his experiment on artificial sweeteners yeah so i mean is there a hugely important word in there do we have something like new or advantages or anything like that not really and it's quite tricky because it just says what points does adam make so obviously the answer is coming from adam not from the female speaker yeah uh, about his experiment on artificial sweeteners yeah. Maybe exactly. that so might want, be significant. It could be. So we definitely mm-hmm. want to focus on Adam's opinion. answers, mm-hmm. opinion, and and his experiment. Mm-hmm. But as I said, sometimes in these part three questions, because the language is so difficult, mm. it might not have a really fixed keyword or important word. It is just about you being able to follow the conversation. So let's have a look then at the options. So option A, it says the results were what he had predicted. 
So what could we expect? Let's do. Let's offer some support for this one. So mm. if it says the results were what he had predicted, what might we hear? Well, he might say the results were hardly surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. You know, or this is what I expected mm-hmm. or something like that. So he's going to basically at some point, if this is an answer, mm-hmm. say that the results confirmed mm-hmm. my theory for, or something like that. Yeah. Okay, what's B? Uh, the experiment was simple to set up. What could we hear there, maybe? Well, I mean, for both of these two, A and B, we might hear the opposite, which would suggest it's not an answer. Uh-huh. So he might say, I was very surprised with my results. So then yes. it's obviously not going to be A because it's yes. not what he predicted. Or he might say, the experiment really wasn't very simple to set up. Yeah. So you might say it was difficult, yeah. time consuming, mm-hmm. something like that. So the opposite like again, basically. Yes. Um, uh, all the, but when we, if we do hear those answers, they will be paraphrased, as you said. Yeah, what I yeah. expected. The experiment was relatively easy to prepare, yes. for example, or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. A large sample of people was tested. So that's C. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact, isn't it? So I guess yeah. he might say, you know, either, you know, I managed to find a hundred people, which is more than ever before, or he might say something like, oh. There were only six people, so it's difficult to know if the results... Or he may not actually discuss how many people. Remember that it could also be not given. Okay, D. The subjects were unaware of what they were drinking. Crikey. Is that, it sounds is that a bit legal? scary. <laughs> yeah. So what would be a synonym? They were unaware. They didn't know Yeah. what they were drinking. Or... They didn't know what was in the cup. They didn't mm-hmm. know something like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. And then E. The test was repeated several times for each person. My theory for this one, Nick, is Mm. it says the test was repeated several times for each person. Mm -hmm. My guess is that maybe the the test itself was repeated several times. But not for each person. But not for each person. So make sure if you're, you know, for these answers that you're choosing an answer Mm -hmm. where every part is correct, not Mm -hmm. just half the answer. Yep is correct but again instead of saying repeated several times it might be you know each person drank the liquid 10 times or mm-hmm. something like that it might okay. just be each person drank 10 different liquids oh that's true which means it's not been repeated it's they've tried each one once yes mm. yeah so i think the problem is that obviously in the exam we don't have much time to read all of these stems right no. so mm-hmm. um what you really, really want to practice is just being able to listen and then pick out which of the options mm-hmm. is being discussed yeah. as you listen. I think that is the real key to answering these questions. Mm-hmm. So let's have a go then at this one. Part three. You will hear two food science students called Adam and Rosie starting to plan their presentation on diet and obesity. Okay, Rosie, shall we try to get some ideas together for our presentation on diet and obesity? Sure. I can talk about the experiment I did to see if people can tell the difference between real sugar and artificial sweeteners. Where you gave people drinks with either sugar or artificial sweeteners and they had to say which they thought it was? Yeah. It took me ages to decide exactly how I'd organise it. Especially how I could make sure that people didn't know which drink I was giving them. 
It was hard to keep track of it all, especially as I had so many people doing it. I had to make sure I kept a proper record of what each person had had. So could most people tell the difference? Yeah, I hadn't thought that they would be able to, but most people could. All right, so this one's different, I think, because as I said, the speed that they go through them Mm -hmm. is much quicker. It's not like part two where they discuss each one for a certain length of time. Mm -hmm. This one moves forward. So the first one I think he discussed was option B. Yes, it was. That's right. Mm -hmm. And... The experiment was simple to set up. He, he said, said... The opposite. It took me ages to decide how I'd organise it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Especially how I could make sure people didn't know which drink I was giving them. Yes. So B is then eliminated. It's mm-hmm. not the answer, is it? Because nope. it was not simple to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one he gave was, I think, D. Mm-hmm. Was um, People were unaware. Of what they were drinking. didn't know which Mm -hmm. drink I was giving them. Mm -hmm. So that is the answer, isn't it? That's one of the answers, yep, D. Yes. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay. But those two, so the organising and then the next one came within two sentences. Very Very, close together. Very, very clear. Yes. Um, Then what about uh, the large sample of people were tested? Well... He said it was hard to keep track as I had so many people doing it. So we got two answers back to back, different sentences, right after the opposite of one of the possible answers. So it's like a machine gun. It's boom, 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 isn't it? Coming, all the answers coming at you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. B, was it simple? No, it took ages. D, people didn't know. They were unaware. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had so many people. C is the answer. Then... They gave us, I think, then they discussed A. They about talked about the, A. Mm-hmm. About, you know, the results of what he had predicted. Mm-hmm. And what does it say uh, here? We've got it's, difficult sentence structure again. I hadn't thought they would be able to, but most people could. So it's a bit like a third conditional, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I hadn't thought they were able to, but most people could. So it was not what he expected. Yep. He expected people would not be able to, but they could. Mm-hmm. And then... E, the test was repeated several times for each person. We didn't hear any information about this at all. No. So that one was literally just not given, Mm -hmm. which is, as I said, is quite common in these part threes because the questions come so quickly, they don't have time to discuss each of them. It's about you being able to pick out people didn't know what they were given. That means they were unaware. He had so many people doing it. That means it's true that there was a large sample. So Mm -hmm. the answers were... B, uh, sorry, D and C. D and C. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. So let's do the second question here. So this time, what are we listening for, Nick? So this time it says, which two problems did Rosie have when measuring the fat content of nuts? (laughs) Okay. So this time what we need to focus on is language that signifies she had a problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what are the possible problems? So she used the wrong sort of nuts, first of all. (laughs) She, She used an unsuitable chemical, is B. C, she did not grind the nuts finely enough. Um, D, the information on the nut package was incorrect. And E, the weighing scales may have been unsuitable. Okay. 
yeah. may have been unsuitable. So mm. she's not sure for that one, mm-hmm. but it's possible. Okay, so we're not going to help you for this one. Mm-hmm. Let's have a listen and see if you're able to identify again which one is she discussing and which ones did she say were definitely problems. <laughs> Then there's that experiment I did, measuring the fat content of nuts, to see if the nutritional information given on the packet was accurate. The one where you ground up the nuts and mixed them with a chemical to absorb the fat? Yes. My results were a bit problematic. The fat content for that type of nut seemed much lower than it said on the package. But I reckon the package information was right. I think I should probably have ground up the nuts more than I did. It's possible that the scales for weighing the fat weren't accurate enough too. I'd really like to try the experiment again sometime. It's a very posh Yorkshire accent that woman's got. (laughs) She does have a posh Yorkshire Mm -hmm. accent. So, I mean, I'm not sure. It'd be interesting, Nick, when you... um, edit this and add mm-hmm. the the clips mm-hmm. I, I i wonder the difference in in length between the part two clips well, and part, the part two three. so far have been a little bit longer actually to be honest yeah mm. so again i think it is just literally the speed that this conversation happened that's where mm-hmm. i think a lot of students struggle in part three definitely so Let's think. So the first thing, the mm-hmm. first of the options she discussed mm-hmm. were the D, the information on the nut package. Yes. And she did say, didn't she? Um, she said the opposite here. She said the fat content for that type of nut seemed much lower than it said on the package. But I reckon the package information was right. So it, it seemed like she was going to give one of that as one of the answers. Yeah. Then she contradicted did. what she said after that. Yeah, so she actually said it mm-hmm. seemed much lower. Mm-hmm. So you could be, you know, your little pencil could be heading towards D mm-hmm. to circle it. But then she contradicted, as you said, and said, no, the package information was right. Mm-hmm. And then, again, just like the first two questions, the the answers now came very quickly. Mm-hmm. So what was the first answer, Nick? So the first one was C, and that was in the next sentence. I think I should probably have ground up the nuts more than I did which means yes. she didn't do it. Again, we've got that complicated have language there. Yes, mm-hmm. we've got should have. So mm-hmm. should have, if you know, if I say yesterday, I should have gone to bed earlier, it means I didn't, didn't go, go to bed. To bed. Mm-hmm. So you need to re- recognize this positive negative. I should have done something means I didn't do it or I shouldn't have done it means I did do it. Mm-hmm. IELTS uses this third conditional a lot in part three for mm-hmm. these questions. Mm-hmm. So definitely here, I should have ground the nuts up more, means she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And then in the next sentence, what does she say? She said, it's possible that the scales for weighing the fat weren't accurate enough too. Um, so that's E, the weighing scales may have been unsuitable. It is possible. Yeah, so scales- we've got may mm-hmm. have been mm-hmm. or weren't mm-hmm. accurate so again they're using the may have mm-hmm. so a positive sentence in the answer but when they spoke she used the negative weren't accurate enough interestingly mm-hmm. what there, was there anything about a she used the wrong sort of nope, nuts we didn't hear anything about a and we didn't no. hear anything about b either though the word the word chemical was used by adam when he yes. asked her a question but nothing about the wrong chemical or unsuitable mm-hmm. chemical so again Unlike part two, where you probably, you know, are 99% likely to hear all of the options discussed in mm-hmm. detail. Mm-hmm. In part three, it comes at you hard and fast. Mm-hmm. That is 
what they're checking here? Are you able to pick out quickly and identify quickly these answers when you hear them? Mm -hmm. It's not easy, particularly if you're in an exam room and you're stressed. Um, And, you know, it might be that these, one of these answers flashes past you and you, you don't get it. Mm -hmm. If that happens, this could be one of the most difficult questions in the exam. So don't panic. Even if you need an eight, Mm -hmm. guess there's no negative marking in IELTS, just Mm -hmm. circle one. Um, and just sort of let it go and move forward because you know I've been caught sometimes with these because as I'm thinking oh that's the answer for B <laughs> you know that's the first answer the second one's been given yeah and you missed and it and I'm mm-hmm. yeah so be careful all right so I hope you have found today's lesson useful I mean the main thing to remember is all you've got to do is identify which of the options are being discussed and mm-hmm. then focus on the language, mm-hmm. particularly in part two, if there's an important word, you know, what are you told? Is this is this new? Is this important? Is it an advantage? Is it a problem? Listen for that language and hopefully with time, you'll be able to start picking these answers out. Yeah. Very good. All right, Nick, um, you're going to the beach today, aren't you? I am. going to go uh Celebrate my girlfriend's birthday at the beach. Maybe oh, with no. Charlie, maybe without Charlie. Depends if he's going to behave himself. <laughs> oh, take Charlie. <laughs> All right. Well, um, have a lovely day. Everybody listening, I hope you have a lovely week. And we will be back next week for another IELTS lesson, whatever that will be. Bye. Bye-bye. My IELTS Classroom podcast is a production of My IELTS Classroom Limited. Nick and I do not represent IELTS and everything you heard in this episode is our own personal opinion. You can find the show notes and transcript for this episode on our blog. That's blog.myieltsclassroom.com. And if you're looking for our video courses, speaking lessons and marking service, you can find that at www.myieltsclassroom.com. If you have a question or query or just want to chat, you can email Nick and I at hello at myieltsclassroom.com. Our theme music is by Heartbeat and our artwork is produced by David Brown. Have a great week, study hard, and remember, this this is my IELTS classroom. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.